Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I think is important all year along, but I think it's something that we talk about only in November a lot of the time, and that is how to foster gratitude with our kids. I am really big on trying to help my kids have a a different perspective, a grounded perspective, and I'm going to go into why it's important beyond the fluff of feel good and Thanksgiving gratitude. I'm going to go into a deeper understanding of like, really, why is this important for our children's wiring? And then I'm going to talk about some concrete ways to do it. You know, some kind of like Pinterest ideas, quote unquote. And then I'm going to talk about some more subtle ways, some more organic ways to weave this into your parenting style, which I think is really important. So yeah, I was thinking about what should I talk about? And then I was thinking about my own kids because <laughs> that's kind of what I do. When I'm thinking about podcast topics, I often think about what have I struggled with lately or what have I seen in my practice lately? Because I really try to talk about things that are super close to my heart or something that I'm dealing with with someone else. And so I was like, I'm really struggling with trying to foster gratitude with my kids. And I thought, yeah, that's such a good topic. And then I thought, oh my gosh, it's November. (laughs) What a perfect topic. So there you are. So a brief update before I get started and jump into gratitude is what's going on in the AT Parenting Survival World. Well, let's see. Um, the AT Parenting community is closing its doors. I have mentioned that a couple of times on my podcast. I've been trying to really spread the word because I don't want people to get upset when they cannot get in to the community anymore. So if you've been wanting to join and become a member of the AT Parenting community, your time is ticking because the doors are going to be closing in a few weeks. Um, November 22nd, I think is going to be the day that I'm going to just shut it down so that I can focus on the current members that are in there. So if you want to learn more about the AT Parenting Community, you can check it out at atparentingcommunity.com. I have created a new membership for therapists who want to join. They get some extra bonus stuff where I will teach them directly. So if you're a therapist and you want to learn from me or problem solve with me, you can join the community as well and get the benefit of that additional support. So check it out at atparentingcommunity.com. Okay, let's get into gratitude. So let's just talk about why it's important. And I know this is pretty obvious, but I just want to dive in to why I think it's really important. So a lot of us don't want our kids to be entitled. And I struggle with this a lot with my own kids, with my three kids. They've all changed ages now. And so they are eight 10 and 16. So I have no Mrs. Seven anymore or Miss Seven. She's not married. I have no Mr. Nine. They've all moved on a number. So when I grew up, I grew up in a family that did not have a lot. Um, We didn't celebrate the holidays because we couldn't really afford it. And so Christmas was kind of embarrassing because people would be coming back to school and they'd be like, Hey, what did you get? What did you get? And I remember like one year I just made stuff up because I felt really embarrassed that I didn't really have anything to share. So I know there are people who have a lot worse problems than me (laughs) growing up, but we didn't have a lot. Uh, And your perspective just changes. 
when you, you didn't have a lot of access to money. And my husband also had a similar background where he, he, they, his family didn't have a lot of money either. And we worked really hard to provide a lot of stability and comfort for our kids because we didn't, neither of us wanted our kids to grow up like that. Kind of not knowing where their next meal will be worried that, you know, they won't have a place to live. We didn't want our kids to live like that. And so we've been very good at providing some financial stability because that is a priority to both of us. We're very aligned on that. However, what I'm seeing as a byproduct is some natural entitlement, you know, where my kids really just kind of expect, they expect things. And I think if I'm going to sound like an old fart kids today, you know, they just, they, they have instant gratification. They want their technology everything needs to be fun and exciting. And we've kind of like fostered that culturally, just based on like where we are as a society. But I'm not going to go on that soapbox. Because I honestly believe it is what it is. Um, You can't really fight that like that's where the world is moving to. But how do we how do we foster some understanding of, of, of how privileged and how honored we are to have something as basic as hot water in our showers. You know, that's not something that's available to other people. That's not available to a lot of people in other countries. And even in America, there's people who don't have access to hot water. So it's like the basic things. And our kids don't necessarily know that. And and they shouldn't have to because they only know their own experiences. And that's the thing about kids is they're not being bratty or entitled or selfish or self-absorbed. They're kids. They only know their own reality. And so it's our job to not overwhelm them with the world's problems, but to give them perspective, to give them an alternative view, to get them to see things from a bigger angle than just their own perspective in themselves. So that's the first reason. I also think gratitude can grow some empathy. And so when you're really grateful or you understand contrast, like I have this, whether it's something um, tangible or a trait or a lifestyle or a skill or a talent and other people don't. And so understanding that empathetic, um, aspect is important. I think it's also important to teach kids that life and the world is bigger than themselves. And I think gratitude helps to foster that. And, um, those are kind of the main reasons why I think gratitude is important. And so not just to feel good, let's just, um, you know, be thankful for what we have, but it creates a much more well-rounded person. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We all get that, right? <laughs> like not telling you anything you don't already know, but how do we do that? How do we do that on a deep level? How, how do we do that in a way that doesn't sound like a Hallmark card, <laughs> you know? So, well, first we'll get into the Hallmark version. There are concrete ways that you can do this. And there are things that I've talked about before on my YouTube channel and on this podcast, by the way, every time I mention my YouTube channel, I feel like I have to tell you how to go find it. I have a kid's YouTube channel that provides uh, videos directly for kids and teens and young adults who are struggling with anxiety and OCD. And if your kids haven't watched my YouTube channel, you should get them over there. It is youtube.com slash C slash anxious toddlers 78. It's for, um, kids between the ages of, I would say six to 26. So it's not for toddlers, but how do you do this in concrete ways? So, so let's go back to that. 
Um, so a couple of just really concrete suggestions. I have this thing that I created and actually we've been pretty bad about it this year and we better hurry up because it's already November. I'll have to have my kids write some stuff pretty quickly, but I have created, and I saw this on Pinterest, total full disclosure, (laughs) none of these ideas are mine. So whatever, but I like it. We've done it for the last few years and I think it's actually pretty cool. Um, so I have these bins with their name on them and I buy sticky notes and I do different colors for each child. And as the year progresses, when they have something that's happened to them that they're grateful for, or just something that they just feel thankful for, they write it down on the sticky note and they put it in their bin. They're like gratitude bin. And on new year's day, I wasn't really into new year. So I've been trying to create like some new, um, I'm super into family traditions. I love traditions. And so we have a lot of traditions at my house. And part of that is because my husband and I grew up in families where we didn't have, there were no traditions in either of our families. And so, um, I don't know if that's as big of a value for him as it is for me, but for me, I have really wanted to create memories. And so I want my kids to think, Oh, Thanksgiving, this is what we do. Oh, Christmas. This is what we do. Oh, New Year's. New Year's was kind of a dud and had nothing. So what I've done for the last few years is on New Year's Day, we have popcorn and hot chocolate and we read each other, like we each read our notes from our bin. So that's kind of cool. And it's kind of like a a grateful day. And it's nice to review the year that passed. So it's kind of tied into New Year's that like this, these are all the cool things that happened to me over the year. And a lot of times like we laugh and we remember, oh my gosh, do you remember that? And so it's kind of a good nostalgic uh, tradition. Okay. So we do that. And like I said, nobody's been doing it this year. So I got to get on people. So I give you these beautiful, wonderful Hallmark ideas and I don't do them myself. (laughs) So I got to get better. And the other thing that we do for Thanksgiving, which I know a lot of people do is we do a gratitude tree. And so I have, I do like trees. If you go to my house, it's really weird. I have trees everywhere, like fake trees, but not like fake plants. They're like branches and that have like little fairy lights on them. And even my artwork I noticed have trees. And then even I noticed my pillows have like abstract branches on them. And I like, I didn't plan any of that. One day I just looked around my house and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's freaky. I have circles and trees everywhere. I don't know what that's about, but, um, what was I talking about? (laughs) Okay. My gratitude tree. So I have this like little tree that's on my table, like year around and I decorate it for different things. So for Halloween, if I'm feeling inspired, I'll put like little bats on it. Um, for Christmas, I'll put like something Christmassy on it. And for Thanksgiving, I buy these little leaves that are paper leaves and then some string and or wire kind of depends on what I'm feeling like that year. And for November, which I'm starting to realize has already happened, you know, we're like November 7th and there's like nothing on our gratitude tree because I haven't really talked about it. So (laughs) this is a podcast for me. What we normally do is all of November, which will, I guess, apparently start tonight. We write on these leaves and we write like just things that we're grateful for. So it's very similar to the gratitude bin. It's almost identical actually, but we see this tree in a perfect world, apparently not in 2019, but we see this tree grow with all these leaves on it. And by Thanksgiving, it's like a full tree and like all the leaves are different colors. So it's pretty. 
So I do see that a lot on Pinterest. So that might not be a novel idea to you, but these are things that actually do help because they kind of train your child's brain to look for the positive. So those are two things. Um, on a long-term basis, some kids like to do a gratitude journal. There's actually a lot of like literally gratitude journals on Amazon that you can get. I actually just started one. I think it's called 360 gratitude journal, something like that. I don't know. They charge you a lot just because it's got the name on it. It's just basically a notebook and research has shown, although I can't tell you what research because I have zero memory, but I was reading this and it was talking about how like, there's just all these like physical benefits for thinking in a grateful sort of way. So it really improves us physiologically, which I completely believe because when you have gratitude in your heart, your mind and body are happier and more content. Your cells get happier. Your health can get happier. Your relationships get happier. Like, I mean, obviously how can you argue with how it's a bad thing? So we can train our kids' brains to be more positive. A lot of times our kids go to the negative place and some kids tend to like have a baseline that's more negative than positive and some kids not so much. So when I have kids that really have struggles in negative thinking, I do tend to have them do a gratitude journal if they are into writing. I'm really not into forcing kids to journal when journaling is not their thing. So you want to find what's good for your child. Another way to do it is at dinner time. We used to do this, but lately we have not been good about having family dinners. I'm like, oh my gosh, my family's falling apart. <laughs> yeah, just everything's going to pot. Um, we started music class on Wednesday nights. So my daughter's learning guitar, my son's learning drums, which that's actually pretty cool, but it makes the evening a little bit tighter. Although that's truly no excuse. Cause I'm home by five. So that's lame. That's not even true. And Tuesday nights we have therapy because I feel like I have to send my kids to someone else. So they have someone safe to talk to. And so, but again, we're home by five. So these are all excuses. So I'm sure that you have excuses too, <laughs> but if you are Mary Poppins, it's really nice to go around the table and say what you're grateful for. And so when we do have family dinners, which apparently will have to be more often, we'll say like, what were, what was a win for today? What was your high? A lot of times you've seen this where people do highs and lows. Um, that's nice. You just want to end on a positive. I always think it's really good to end on a positive because that really resonates more with your brain when you end with something good. So those are some concrete ways to facilitate gratitude, but let's talk about the subtle ways. I really wanted to get into that. So it's not something that you have to be really overt about. It's, it's like being aware and bringing up conversations to your kids so that they can see a bigger perspective. They're not going to be grateful for the fact that they have a full cupboard of food, or they're not going to be grateful for the fact that they have this best friend who's amazing, or they're not going to be grateful for the fact that they have this beautiful home because they don't know contrast. They may not know what it's like to not have friends. They may not know what it's like to not have a pretty house. They may not know what it's like to have shelter at all. So, so that's not their fault, but we get to bring some maturity and sophistication to their to their view of, of the world. Now for kids with anxiety and OCD, we have to do this in a, in a careful sort of way because we don't want to scare them. And a lot of our kids are sensitive, highly sensitive and very empathetic, and they can get overwhelmed with sad stories and overwhelmed with 
um, you know, people who are suffering. So I know my kids are very sensitive. And when we go to like Seattle and we're walking around and there's so many homeless people, they get very, very overwhelmed and upset. And they get very upset if I don't give to every single homeless person, which in Seattle is very tricky because the homeless population in Seattle is very high. So, so for some kids, it can be really overwhelming to, to highlight those things. So you have to be careful about what your child can handle, but we don't want to bubble them either and have them live in ignorance because it's too sad for them. So a lot of times the way that to do that and to switch it is to, for service, you know, to ha- teach them about service in any fashion, giving back on any level. So when my kids, um, you know, give money to someone who's homeless or when they do something, we're not really good about volunteering, but if they did, I'm sure they would feel really good about it. (laughs) My daughter, my oldest daughter, there is a, um, there's a place where you can volunteer and package food for third world countries. And that's actually, I think it's, um, I can't remember the name of it, but I'm trying to think anyway, there's a lot of different places like that. I'm you might have a place like that where you live. And that was a great experience with her because it was kind of a fun mom daughter thing to do. It was bonding. They make it fun. They play music and stuff, but also it was, it created a dialogue of like, why do we need to, you know, send this to people? And then we ate some of it and you know, it's not appetizing and just this, um, understanding of the need for other people that we don't have that we take advantage of. So, she was older though, and she could handle stuff like that with my son recently. Um, actually like last night I started this new thing. I think I've been telling you about this. <laughs> You're like my personal journal. Uh, I have started to walk and the sad part is the reason why I'm walking is like, I'm training. Okay. It's going to sound really sad, but I'm training for Disneyland <laughs> because talk about like entitled, but last time I went to Disneyland, which was a few years ago, like I was winded and sore the first day. Like my body just couldn't handle all that walking. And that's like really ridiculously sad. I get like arthritis and stuff, but I don't even know. So I've started walking two miles a night, which is good for my health. It's really not about Disneyland, but I just didn't want to be the one to drag my family down on any family trips anymore. It's like ridiculous. So I take one of my children on the walk and they kind of argue about that. So that's kind of funny. And I've been trying to have some deeper conversations when I am one-on-one with them. So another way to foster gratitude is to, to spend or carve some time out if you can one-on-one and have these deeper conversations. So, um, something popped up on YouTube when I was sitting there waiting for his drum lesson. It was about some video this guy made on YouTube about going into North Korea and just the, the condition of North Korea and the life of North Korea. And I don't know why I kind of find that fascinating because it's almost like a, it's almost like a sci-fi book. That's actually really happening that these people are just, you know, so disempowered and they have like no privileges, no freedom. And they're living in this like bubble away from the world. Like to me is, is so sad and so interesting in that that's happening in this world and it's hard for us to even fathom living in a condition like that. Like we'll read a sci-fi book. I read a lot of sci-fi <laughs> where it's futuristic and, you know, there's big brother and like kind of controlling everybody. And just to think that that's actually happening in this world somewhere is to me unbelievable. So I, 
I started talking to him about North Korea and South Korea and like what that is and what life is like there. And he was fascinated by it. And, and he kept asking questions like, so they can't ever say this or they can't do this and they don't have internet there. And it gave him gratitude, you know, like, oh, thank goodness we have internet. And then I started talking about when I went to England a long, long time ago. And I'm sure that this is different now. So those of you that are in England, you can correct me. But I was saying, you know, you have to get a license to watch TV. And um, a very long time ago when I was there, like they had like these vans that would go around and would know if you're watching TV, but didn't have a license. I might be wrong. So you can correct me because I know I have a lot of British people listening. But I was telling him, you know, like every country has different rules. And we just take advantage of the fact that we have certain things that other people don't have. So... Um, that's kind of a weird thing to talk about, <laughs> but I, it gives, it gives kids gratitude. Sometimes I'll talk about myself. I try not to be too like, I had to walk up, you know, I had to walk home uphill both ways. You know, I try not to be that kind of mom, but I think I totally am because I will talk to my kids a lot about my childhood just to sprinkle in some appreciation and gratitude for what they have. The other thing is Um, I try to tell my kids how much things cost. Now that might not be good for some of you. So you have to take what I say with a grain of salt, try some of the things, you know, your child the best. So like, I kind of like to like, just vomit out a bunch of ideas to you. That's probably gross. Right. And have you just pick which ones will work for your kids. So these are just a bunch of ideas. So my kids are not too hypersensitive about money. I was as a kid. Like if my parents mentioned, my mom had this joke when we'd go to a restaurant, she would like, we would eat. And then at the end she'd get the bill. And then she would say, Oh no, I can't afford this. I hope you guys are really good at doing the dishes because there's no way we're all going to have to go do the dishes. And she was kidding and she would do it all the time. But I was a kid with anxiety, like unknown to anybody in my family, but I was struggling. And when she would say that, Like I would get so nervous and I knew she was kidding. Like intellectually, I think I knew she was kidding, but I knew we didn't have any money. And so it was overwhelming and it made me feel really guilty. And so every time we went out to eat, I tried to find like the the cheapest thing on the menu. I'd normally get a salad and some water or something. And my older sister um, didn't like my parents and she would always get the most expensive thing. And I would get upset with her because I was just like the middle child trying to make everything happy and, and okay. But my kids don't have that experience. So I wish they did on some level because I think there'd be more value to the dollar. But we try to get them to appreciate things. Um, We could do a better job for sure. So like when we go on vacation, they have to work on saving up their money for, you know, anything they're going to buy on our trip. And so even though we could afford to buy them stuff and we do buy them stuff, there is this awareness of we're going to be going on a trip. So you want to be earning some money. So what kind of, you know, chores you want to do around the house. So there's some gratitude. My 16 year old, you know, sometimes she'll randomly want stuff. And unfortunately I sent her to a school that's about 20, 30 miles from our house. It's a better school than what she's zoned for, but it's a much more affluent neighborhood than even where we live. And so these kids are wealthy on another level. And she has this skewed perception in my opinion of what is normal and what's not normal and what kids her age should have versus shouldn't have. And I'm not sending my other two kids there. I don't think because I don't, I want them to be down to earth. So with her, if she wants to go out to the movies or something, let's say she wants to go out to the movies on Sunday 
And I'll say, do you have any money? Because you know, she should probably get a job by now. And she'll say, no, I don't. And I said, well, you can go and that's fine. And I'm happy to give you money, but you have to, you have to earn it. So it's up to you what you want to do, but I can tell you the things that need to be done around the house. So the dishes need to be done. I like organizing. So a lot of times I'll give her organizing stuff like, Hey, you can clean the art cabinet out. And so there's more gratitude with the money that she's given because she's had to earn it. So we can teach our kids some appreciation by having them artificially earn stuff so that there's an understanding of what equals, you know, like this took me two hours to do going to the movies is two hours of labor. So now I have an understanding of what that means. And I'll tell my kids money stuff. We'll talk about college. They'll ask how much does college cost? And we'll talk about it. Um, sometimes I put it into their language. And so if they like earn $5 a week for doing chores or whatever, um, and I know some people are into paying their kids and some people aren't, and we, we're not very consistent apparently with anything <laughs> as I'm talking, but I will say something like that would take you 20 hours to do, you know, that's how much it costs or like this dinner cost us $50, you know, that would take you 10 weeks to, to pay off. So we're anchoring our kids understanding of money by speaking in their language of what they understand. They understand $5 because they get $5 sometimes. And so they get that. Um, if my daughter had a job, which we can all fantasize that one day that will occur, then I would talk about how many hours of work she would need to do in order to buy that so that there's an understanding. So starting to talk and this podcast episode, isn't about money, but I feel like gratitude and money and entitlement, um, it all kind of gets together, but you can also talk about gratitude. Like, isn't it, isn't it great that we, you know, we have our sight or we have our hearing or we have our legs. Um, there's a five minute meditation that I do every morning. I've kind of created this whole miracle morning routine. If you haven't gotten the book miracle morning, it's fantastic and life altering. He also has a podcast miracle morning. I think it's called and the five minute meditation. Cause I can't do any longer than five minutes. I'm working on it is all about gratitude for your body. Like thanking your toes, you know, and she, she just kind of walks you through your body. And there's this gratitude that I feel like, cause as she's going through the body, I'm thinking, what would I do without my feet? Like it would be life altering. What would I do without my hands? I wouldn't be able to feel my, you know, my kids, little hands inside of mine. What would I do without my stomach, you know, being able to digest all my food. And so this meditation, which is five minutes, is very quick, just fills you up with gratitude for, for what you have. And I think also teaching your kids, um, to flip things. And so when they're negative to start to think, um, yes, this whole thing is happening to me. That's really upsetting right now. Maybe I'm having a fight with my friend and I'm really upset. And then you have to pick the right time because they can get very upset by this approach. But you say, but what are you grateful for? You know, Oh, well, I do have three other friends and they do see why this girl's being mean to me right now. Oh, you have three other friends. That's pretty cool. Some people don't have any friends and they get you and they're upset that you're feeling a struggle with this other friend. That's really nice that they're supportive. So if you have a child who's open to this, sometimes what you can do, and I do this more in therapy than with my own kids is when they're having a problem, you write down all the things that they do have, because we have a, 
um, a lot of us have a mentality of what we don't have and not what we do have. And so writing that down, kids are a lot less likely to write down a gratitude journal or list all the things they're happy or content about. It's something you can do verbally with them. I think that's great, but you want to, you want to get them to do things that work for them and not for you. And so just because it seems like the right thing to do and Pinterest says it's the right thing to do to do a gratitude journal, your kid might not be into writing and that's okay. They might want to draw it. They might want to just verbally tell you. They may not want to do it at all, and that's okay. If you force it down their throat, they're not going to feel grateful, <laughs> and they're not going to rewire their brain to think in, in that way. So you can do it subtly with them. I do it with people all the time, with the kids I work with in my practice and with my own kids. When they're having a problem, I will just say stuff like, um, let's say you know, they're worried about a bad grade. I might say, oh, how are you doing in English? Oh, I'm doing really good in English. Oh, that's good. How are you doing in history? I'm doing really good in history. Oh, that's really good. How are you doing? So I'm, I'm putting out breadcrumbs to get them to connect the dots that, wow, you have all this stuff that's going on really well. And you have this one little problem. So gratitude is also kind of a coping mechanism that when you're feeling overwhelmed, that you look for the things that are going well, because there's always something that's going well. Even if your entire world is crumbling, which sometimes it can, there's something that's going well, whether it is, I'm so thankful that I have my legs, or I'm so thankful that I have my sight. Something as basic as that. You can play games with your kids where it's like, let's, let's see what it would be like. Let's blunt, you know, let's cover our eyes and see what life would be like. My kids ask pretty deep questions like that. They'll say, um, what would, what would life be like? Which would you rather, you know, you're to not be able to see or not to be able to hear, you know? And so they're aware of the struggles that that would bring and how lucky we all are that we have, we have things. And even if we don't have sight, well, we have, we have our ability to hear, which is amazing. There's always something is my whole point. So that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, how I would foster gratitude. I hope that in my ramblings, you have found some ideas. And even if these were not novel ideas, which I get that they're not, maybe just bringing this to your awareness and saying, you know what, I need to really kind of foster gratitude more with my kids. And how can I do that? How can I get them to see things in a more uplifting, uh, positive way? without shoving it down their throat. <laughs> it's a balance. It's a balance. Okay. Well, I hope that you are enjoying your day. I am grateful for you guys um, for making this podcast as successful as it has been. This podcast has been in the top 200 uh, kid and family podcasts for a long time. And I want to say thank you for making that possible. This is um, podcast continues to get spread and thank you for sharing it with other people. And thank you for those of you that have left reviews. If you are feeling grateful after my gratitude podcast, if you want to hit a star on iTunes or Stitcher or Google play or wherever you consume your podcast, I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, it's a great way to get back to the show. And if you have a few extra seconds and are willing to leave a review and talk about something that you enjoy about this podcast, I love that. It helps other parents know that there's some value here. So it's good to give back. It's not about me, although I like it. It's helpful for other parents. And to show my gratitude, I always like to end my show reading one of them. So Danny Rugg said, is she watching? That sounds kind of like a creepy title, but it's funny. 
uh, haha, it's kind of scary how much she knows exactly what's happening in my head and my kids' heads. This has been so helpful to have access to tips on so many different topics that I need advice with. Thank you. Well, thank you. I always think it's a big compliment when people say, is she watching? Are you in my house? Because it, I, it means that I'm resonating with you and that, um, I'm getting you and you're getting me. And I love that. So thank you for leaving a review. I greatly appreciate it. And if you have something nice to say, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So don't forget not to find the sparkle in everything you do, but to look and check out my community. I really want you to join and I want to get to know you better. It is a very uplifting, supportive community and I get to know you and we get to hang out a lot. And wouldn't that be cool to know each other on a more personal basis? We talk each week. We have weekly interactive classes. You have access to me in the forums where you can just be like, Hey, Natasha, what should I do with this? And I'll reply within that day and say, Hey, Mary, do this. How, how about you try that? So it's really like getting, um, some personal care and attention and, and the community in and of itself is amazing, supportive people. So check it out at atparentingcommunity.com because I'm going to close it. And so I'm just trying to do my last push to get some awesome people in there before the doors close. So now I will say, I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care.